With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. There's too many of you to cry. Brother, brother, brother. There's far too many of you dying. You know we've got to find a way to bring some love here today. Father, Father. Hey, everybody, welcome to episode 14 of Reporting is Eligible. Um, I am, as always, your host, Paul Noonan, right for the Shepherd Express Acme Packing Company. I'm going to stop saying that because it's boring with me. Um, with me in the studio is... I'm J.R. Radcliffe, training sports reporter for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Why is the Acme Packing Company boring? No, no, it's fine that I write there. Just oh. I say it every podcast, just in case. No, I say the same thing every so. podcast, too. It's important yeah. to, you know, you never know. Somebody might be tuning in for That's the true. first That's time. True. Somebody might decide, hey, that, that game against the Chargers was exciting. This no. should be the first time I listen to a Packers podcast. I don't think that's true. Maybe. And actually, I, I kind of... I do like the positive ones. I think they're fun. But I actually um, used to enjoy listening to and f- seeking out people for the negative ones. You know how like we listen to the score to make fun of the Bears afterwards? Yes. And people, there's that group of people out there. You they like need to revel in the dirt a little yeah, bit. Yeah, they need podcasts too. Yeah, uh, I think you're right. I, I do the same thing. Sometimes it's like, oh, I really... I remember this listening to a Badgers podcast right after they lost to Illinois. I remember thinking, I really don't want to listen to it. On the other hand, let's listen to it right now and get it all <laughs> out there. Let's just... It's a little cathartic. It it's is a little cathartic. It, it is. And it's nice to hear other people like just complaining about things that you saw during the game, too. And maybe things you didn't see. So not with us is Matt, who has been providing us with a litany of updates about his terrible evening, including dogs eating his burrito, which... Um, you know that is tr- that is sad. That's R- tough. R.I.P. Burrito. Um, he has not updated on us if it's a like Chipotle burrito or like an authentic like Mexican restaurant burrito or a microwave burrito. Hopefully, one of the lesser. Um, that would be less. The sad. fact that we haven't gotten an update and this is one of many issues that he's been dealing with tonight tells me we may not hear from him again. Yeah. But then again, maybe we maybe we hear from him halfway through. Who knows? Maybe we'll see. We'll see if he joins. Um, we'll we'll keep it open. We'll keep the line open. Um, but anyway, we we should talk about the the terrible game and and just get that out of the way. Um, and uh, this game is I think extra annoying because like when you think about how the Packers might lose a game, you usually have kind of an idea of how it might go. Um, and I honestly have, I did not expect them to lose in the way that they lost. Um, it, it made no sense. It was like a game from a different dimension, coached by different people um, with different personnel. So um, I, 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 I'm super annoyed at that game because I don't like getting predictions wrong. And I like, I like it when things happen as I think they'll happen and nothing like I think happened happened in that game. So super annoying. Just, yeah, it was, it was myself. pretty much terrible on offense. Yeah. In particular, 26-11, Chargers, of course, beat the Packers. A perfect, a perfect score for uh, for the Packers' performance, yep. 11 points. Do that we know if it was a scorigami? Do, do we get confirmation? I did not. I don't it probably know. wasn't. I don't think the, it was, yeah, all right. unfortunately. That's kind of a bummer. It's always fun when that happens. Yes, sadly. Um, especially if you lose. But so, like, I rewatched the, um, the passing plays today. By the way, just burn this tape. Like, <laughs> don't watch it. It's very painful because 
Um, so, like, against the Chiefs, they were super creative. They, they threw Aaron Jones out of the backfield deep a whole bunch, you know? They ran plays down the field. They they got Jamal the ball deep. They got they did ran a bunch of play action. This game, they ran 40 passing plays, counting the two-point conversion. They ran shotgun, 39 of them. The one play they ran under center was a conventional passing play. They ran one RPO, and they ran two really half-assed play action passes. The entire game was quick shotgun passes to people and four bombs. Uh, Like, I've never seen LaFleur call a game like this. I don't know what he was doing. I don't know why I thought it would be a good idea. I checked the Chargers to see if they were especially vulnerable against shotgun. They're not. I checked to see if they were good at defending play action. They are not. Again, they're about 18th. Um, They definitely are worse against it than they are against regular passing. Um, Like, I understand that their defense was better than maybe we expected, but, like, the game plan was just bizarre. Like, what was he doing? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, do you think it has? Uh, so, so there were some interesting comments after the game, some nebulous comments referring what seemed like to their routine. Yeah, you know, they yeah got there that is late. true. They, they maybe weren't. They, Aaron Rodgers said something to the effect of, "We were starting to listen to the headlines, maybe a little bit." I never take those seriously, usually, because usually that's just a way to say, "Wow, we got we got outplayed, or we just didn't show up, or I had a bad game." You know, it's easy to say, "Well, we were just getting a little too ahead of ourselves," but teams don't actually get too ahead of themselves. They don't actually look past teams. We we call we talk about trap games and sure, you know, I'm but, sure in some context that does happen, that exists. But for the most part, professional athletes, they don't make that mistake, especially in a sixteen game season. Yes. However, in the absence of any other explanation for what we saw in Los Angeles in a de facto home game, what in the world, man? Maybe that was it. Maybe they honestly like breaking from routine somehow threw them off their game, or they yeah. legitimately felt they could do some vanilla things to beat a Chargers team, which I really think is not that bad. People panicking about how bad that team is. I mean, I, I get that it's a little uh, inelegant to just say, well, all their losses have been by one score, and say that means they're a good team. I'm not saying they're a world beater by any means, but like that team, that team is not as bad as their record. And nope, I, certainly not. And I'm surprised they went that. They way. did they're not have Mel- Melvin Ingram for all of October. Um, he came back last week against the Bears. Oh, geez, he's reborn, reanimated. Yeah. And with Bosa, I mean, that was a good defensive line. And the the Packers seemed completely unprepared for those two together. Um, even though he's been back for two weeks now, um, and. Like I hate giving credence to those kinds of things too because they seem like just absolute nonsense. They're just but, usually very lazy. Yeah, um, but but Rogers said basically they were unprepared. Lafleur said they never got into the game plan. Which like you're the, you're the coach. Why not? It's not like it was a huge blowout. They were holding him to field goals. If you wanted to go back to running under center, you could. There was very little of this game where they were completely out of it. Not not really till the blocked punt did they have to go super pass heavy. What does that mean we it, didn't get in the game yeah, plan? They it, script plays to start the game. I, so what's going it, on there? I have no idea what that means. It, it is it is a nonsensical thing for a head coach who is the offensive play caller to say, you are the game plan. Like, uh, And I think that's the worst part of it is like the star of the last few weeks has been Lafleur. When they haven't had Adams, it has been getting you know guys who are frankly not that good open, getting them open deep, getting them open short, um, and all of that creativity was gone. They ran the same play thirty seven times in this game, passing wise. Yeah, like Lafleur's creativity just disappeared. Um, so, um, do you, do you think? Uh, and I this is another like thing I would usually hate to say, but. Do you think Adam's return had anything to do with it? Yeah, we we kind of have to talk about that, whether yeah. or not we'd like to. And I, 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 you know, obviously, like everybody else, it makes no sense to say that the team is 
is worse off with Devontae Adams in the lineup. He's, he's their best receiver, and he's great. However, he wasn't used like he was great. He was used on a few short pass plays. He was targeted, I want to say, I don't know, was it 12 times, seven catches? Yeah, something I think it was 11, something, but close Yeah, 11 targets, like seven that. catches. I mean, he wasn't, he probably wasn't at 100%, which is fine, but whatever they had, they had something without him. They had some rhythm, some distribution, something that they just did not, evidently have they they weren't they weren't using their running backs in the same way they weren't uh spreading the ball around we saw nothing from marquez valdez scantling not that we've Again. seen a ton of him but like you know there it did it i i don't think it made it made that much of a difference i feel like everything failed so i don't know if like the run the the receiving distribution is necessarily the thing i would point to but it is kind of worth pointing out that they won all their games without Devontae Adams. They found something, and that was lost in this game. I don't know if it was Devontae specifically. I mean, the plays that ran to him were bad. They were like short outs. They were not designed to get many yards. Yeah, they had no success. They chance. didn't give him a chance to, to for any yak. Um, ideally, we would have seen him sort of take over the maybe the Allison spot, maybe not the MVS spot where he's you know running long, but like right. certainly. Devonte should replace somebody in what they were doing and you know he should get the same open looks as everybody and instead it seemed like they were maybe trying to get like everybody on the field at the same time by going four and five wide it just just yeah. a, a strange concept for like reintegrating a guy into the offense um instead like Geronimo Allison played kind of a lot. Um, they, st- they still got Lazard on the field, who actually, by the way, played pretty well. Um, almost certainly the best of the receivers. We're loving Alan Lazard yeah. this year. What he, a breakout star. <laughs> kind of. I mean, he only had 44 yards receiving, but he had the only two big catches of yeah. big. I didn't quotes. mean this game, but yeah. I mean, like, overall. Alan Lazard, season. I think we're pretty confident, is at least a decent receiver. Um, that's that's a good start. Maybe better. Um, but, like, uh, I, I just would love to have been a fly on the wall of, of game planning this week. And seeing what the plan that they developed was versus what was implemented. It, it makes no sense. It, it seems completely foreign to everything that's made them successful coming into this game. Um, I, 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 I don't know. You're I, verklempt. I, yep, I'm verklempt. Like, I, I could not have predicted that they lose the way that they lose. The, the other thing, the other story is the offensive line. Yeah, we're going to have to talk about that. Just, just awful. Like, <laughs> that, was, that was just a really shocking performance by the offensive line. Especially, I mean... You're gonna get some some pre snap penalties when you're you know on the road, but this was not a road game. This no. was eighty percent. Some estimates saying eighty percent Packers fans. I I personally feel like I wasn't there, but I gotta feel like that's a little ambitious. But you know, it was probably seventy five percent. Seventy five percent. There are no Charger fans, right? Like, it, the uh, the rest There's of no the enthusiasm here. was filled with just normal people who <laughs> are, just want. We're in yeah. L A. Yeah, exactly. So um, it was vacation. Bakhtiari was awful, and he's been kind of bad. Like two of the bigger stories this year, Kenny Clark Kenny and David Clark. Bakhtiari. Totally agree with you. Like yep. two of the best players at their positions in the league have been pretty disappointing. And uh, and on you know the converse is that Brian Bulaga seems to have rediscovered something while Bakhtiari has declined ever yeah. so slightly. But like everybody was culpable in this game. Yeah, it so was just n- bad. No um, heroes. Rotations were off. People were not picking up the right blitzers. And I mean, I say blitzers, just pass rushers. The they, Chargers they actually, did not blitz. They didn't blitz. They, they blitzed I think three times in the whole game. Um and. They mostly just rushed for and played coverage, which is why people weren't that open, um, and got pressure, and it worked. And that usually does not happen against the Packer uh, offensive line. They're good against 
uh, non-blitzing teams, even if they have good pass rushers. Like, even against the Bears, who got pressure on Rodgers, like, they still held up for the most part against Khalil Mack and company. Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram are very good, but they're not, they're, they're, at, they're like, not better than other teams. I mean, they played really well, though. We have to say, they, like, they yes, were incredible. Give, give the Charger defense a lot of credit. They got pressure. They covered well. They were not guys just roaming open in the secondary, partially because they always knew where the Packers receivers were going to be exactly. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, they they were they were great. They they did exactly what they were supposed to do, but like still, like the offensive line should have been able to hold up a lot better than that. Is there any any wisdom maybe to the idea that they just were dedicated to keeping things simple against this team because it's not an NFC opponent? They figured they could win anyway, which obviously things snowballed on them at some point. Yeah. They were completely out of sequence. But you know, I wonder if it's just like we're not going to show the Vikings, the Bears, the Lions, what we plan on using with them in the last three weeks of the season, because those games will be more meaning will be meaningful. I I don't know. Is there any way that's possible? Because you can't just give up on a game in the middle of the NFL season. You can't you'll <laughs> it, it, I mean, it seems, will haunt you. That seems like a very lazy decision. And the other thing that makes me kind of think that wasn't the case is this game offensively was very different than all the other games that they were playing. Uh, if if they were doing their their normal game plan, they would have had like more under center in play action. Like if you don't want to practice at all, if you just take the plan from last week and pop it onto this week, it doesn't look like this. Like something um, made this something made them go for this offensive game plan and implement it and work on it. It yeah. it, it I, like I, I would love to know what they saw. Is like, it possible they're covering for Devontae still being hurt? That they're trying to get him involved even though he's not a hundred percent. So. Maybe um, my that still seems like a weird thing to do. And if if he is still hurt, and you want to feature him, like why not like put him in the slot? Or like, I feel like you want to get him even more open, not like make him beat guys one on one. Yeah. Um, my original thought was maybe Rogers was hurt. Like you have oh. him go out of the shotgun to to give him more make time. him to give him more time and keep, and if his mobility is limited. But then he had that rushing. Um, he had some a couple of big carries where he looked nifty. Like he didn't really look hobbled. Um, I don't, maybe, maybe people were watching more carefully than I was at his running, and he was hobbled, but he looked okay. Yeah, he wasn't tentative. He wasn't yeah. afraid to go run the ball, and we have seen him hurt where he will back off from doing that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, we have. Um, he did not throw the ball particularly well. He had also a few short misses where it was old bad habits from last year. Um, MVS actually probably should have had a reception. But uh, Rodgers threw it at his feet. He missed Aaron Jones a few times, and he had a few just bad throwaways where he was snapping it off without stepping into it. I mean, it could it. be an upper body thing. If yeah. there's an injury upper body, something, that might explain some something of that. worth keeping an eye on. But again, it, it was weird, and there's probably an explanation, and I'm I'm not sure we want to find out what it is because <laughs> it might be bad. Yeah. Um, is Marquez Valdez Scantling not going to work? Uh, I mean, we've talked uh, so like. First of all, of course, he's going to work as a deep threat. Yeah, still, that is a, deep the one-trick but... pony thing is a thing. But I, you know, <laughs> I'm I, I'm not seeing it. Uh, I I mean, I'm I'm a skeptic of him and have been for a while. But he he doesn't seem good at any other kind of route other than the deep ball. Like it's great that he does that. But think about last time he was good. It was like two catches for 120 yeah, yards right. and then zero catches and zero catches. Um, the, oh man, two goose eggs. Yeah. That is tough. It's not good. Especially um, when you've gotten so many, you know, like Devontae Adams isn't 100%. You should be getting catches and targets. It's not happening. Yeah. The Titans, maybe the Oilers, I think Titans, used to have a receiver named Chris Sanders. Okay. And this he reminds me of MBS. He, he would only catch bombs and oh, wow. was kind of bad at everything else. I had him in fantasy once in a while just because he was a good gamble pick. He would yeah. get like a 70 yard touchdown or zero. Um, that's what I think we're kind of getting here. That's what it kind of looks like. So, uh, it, 
yeah, everybody was bad. That's it. Like Lazard was good. Kumaro was terrible. Um, he also put up a goose egg. Man, that was a that deep ball. So close. Been a diff- so close. <laughs> it was not. He, I mean, it was close, but like you could tell his limitations are on display right yeah. there. Yeah. It, it, it's the other thing that was weird is so after using Aaron Jones in the passing game, um, so much last week. They ran all that shotgun play. I don't think he ran one like deep or actual route all game. He was staying in and chipping and going out as a dump off. It was very McCarthy-esque. Oh, man. And just, Aaron Rodgers was hurt, don't you think? I mean, that's the only kind of theory that I think makes sense, but it's totally speculative. Like, yeah, there's been no there's reports no of real him being, actual evidence I've, of yes, this. Just, okay, if you're listening, I have no evidence that's true. <laughs> there have been no reports of him being hurt, but like he threw bad. They were leaving... Jones into block and Williams into block, and then not running patterns with them. It and it was like the give Aaron time offense. So I'll, I got I got nothing. It's a theory. It's probably not true, but it's all I have that makes sense. Um, yeah. On the bright side, we do know that Aaron Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams are still pretty outstanding. Yeah, they really do their jobs. <laughs> they do. Um, they were both actually quite good in this game. I know Jones had bad numbers. But um, if you go rewatch him, he only caught one of four targets, but three of those targets were almost uh, throwaways, like intentional throws at his feet. And he got hit behind the line of scrimmage all game long and still turned him into positive plays. Um, uh, there was not much else he could do. They were not blocking well, as everybody noticed. And he was still like not getting destroyed. So Jones had a secretly good game of after-contact running. Jamal Williams hurdled a guy. Jamal Williams was great. As he, he always has one like a, a player or two every game where yeah. you're like, that guy's actually really good. He It was his normal good receiving self. He was probably the most valuable receiver outside of Lazard. And like they should have used him more. Like Those guys performed when they had the ball, as they always do. And worse players took the ball away from them far too often yeah and uh, we'll talk more i mean we're going to talk here about the defense yeah. but we saw we saw a player like austin eckler who who's pretty dynamic christian mccaffrey comes into lambeau field next week carolina won't have cam newton but that's been their story for the last several weeks so that's not yep. news they obviously are very you know capable of moving the football running the football particularly they've been a better team without him um, yeah small sample size but i don't think it hurts them too bad to have um hurt cam was not very good regular cam's good hurt cam's not good this has got to be a situation where you you know you would you would go in thinking carolina has a puncher's chance anyway but now after what you saw in la this is a concerning game this could easily be another loss so yeah they're they're built very very similar to the uh the chargers they have like christian mccaffrey's almost just a better version of eckler they i mean melvin gordon uh, props to melvin he was good in that game as well but like they just lean on McCaffrey, who is built to destroy Blake Martinez. Like that is his yeah. his oh, raison d'être. We're going to talk about Blake yeah. Martinez. Um, and uh, so that, that's not good. The Carolina's got a a pretty good defense. It, actually, not sure it's as good as San Diego's defense was last week, fully healthy. But you know, good enough to give them problems. Um, and like their receiving core is kind of unheralded, but they have a couple guys who are okay. Um, I'm not going to say their names right now because I, I the, there's two second year guys. Uh, one's for the car, Christian Kirk's one, and then there's the Carolina guy. And I mix them up all the time, and I can't remember. <laughs> but um, they're actually they're actually pretty good. Um, so I, I don't like this game. They're built to abuse all the Packer weaknesses, and uh, like if they do the same thing they did last week, it's going to have the same result. <laughs> um, Carolina's even a little more aggressive than. Um, uh, San Diego, San Diego. Los Angeles should have won this game by more. They kicked so many field goals, they right. could have easily blown the Packers out. 
Carolina will be more aggressive than that, I think. So I think um, this is actually a good example. You wrote down on the uh, when we one of the things we talk about is is Ben don't break a thing, referring yeah. to the defense. The Packers historically, I would say, have had defenses that kind of I don't know if necessarily think that way is the right way of putting it, but they've been in that mold. And I think it is still a thing because this is a good example. Most head coaches are cowards. They're not <laughs> going to go for it on fourth and three. True. In the red zone, or for you know, fourth and five from the thirty, they're just going to kick it, and so consequently, the Packers were actually not out of this game when uh, they on were the scoreboard, even though we saw how lopsided it was. So I still think there is some value to being able to tighten up when it really matters. Now that said, they've they've been gashed over and over and over and over, so it's not like. You know, it's not like you have confidence right now in this defense like maybe we did early in the season, but still there is something happening there that's enabling them to make to, you know, make plays, I guess, is happening. Yeah. And defenses do get better as the field gets smaller. So that is true. And that is kind of a bend but vote break thing. Um we're watching the end of the Wisconsin game right that's now. That's going to overtime. It's going to overtime. Furious uh, rally, but now now I'm not sure it's gonna happen for the Badgers. 54-54, <laughs> Bill Barnburn. I'll take it. It's um, a ranked team they're playing. I'll it is. take it. So uh, um the, the it, it defenses get all get better when the end zone gets closer because there's less space to defend. So that's true, and they have held people to field goals. That's good, um, but like with the with turnovers having dried up for a few games now, they have just plunged down the rankings in defensive efficiency. They're they're now twentieth in DVOA um, after being thirteenth last week. That, that's not good, and I do. Like if they run into actual good aggressive teams, like every, there are a lot of cowards, but. If you start, like, let's say you run into the Patriots, it, I mean, that would be the Super Bowl. That'd be great. Um, Bill Belichick will destroy them. It, they, they will win by 50 in that game. Um, <laughs> a, a, any, like, the Eagles did that to them. They punched it in instead of settling, and it worked. And so, like, you can get by on uh, with that with some garbage teams. But, like, when you get into, like, playoff situations and people going for it, it's not going to work anymore. And that defense is problematic. People have figured it out. Um, ben Fennell had a few good um, film analysis tweets today just on they can't keep going light because teams know how to combat that now, especially when they have guys like Eckler and McCaffrey, where you can get the Packers into their their lights, nickel and dime and switch up to running and just gash them. Um, and it's just Blake Martinez getting leveled at the second level by offensive linemen coming up field over yeah. and over again. It's 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 rough. It feels um, like we've had another little referendum here on Blake Martinez. We mentioned him last week, kind of, or maybe two weeks ago, discussing whether or not you know he really was bringing value. He was leading the league and leading the NFL in tackles, but I think everybody sort of acknowledged that wasn't that wasn't a true indicator of him being good or not. Or you know, he's he's good at some things. He's he's. Yeah. He's so, he's solid, but and I feel like in general the Packers have not equipped that position. They haven't they haven't drafted that spot high. They're not thinking free agency. They they just are, are sort of like they just sort of find somebody fine for them. They do, but I also don't think he's necessarily the problem. I think it's the other guy sitting next to him, um, and or in front of it, him. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when they, they they actually played Brian Banks a few times in this game, um, that's his name, right? The other linebacker, BJ Goodson. BJ Goodson. God damn it, Brian Bankson. Sorry, having a rough 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 game here. <laughs> it's it's been a long it's been, day. It's been a day. Um, yeah. Um, sorry, BJ Goodson. BJ Goodson played quite a bit in this game. Um, when he was on the field, the Chargers averaged one point two yards per carry. When he wasn't on the field, they averaged over five. I think six. So. Like part of this is just, this is something we were afraid of with Goodson. Like he's a thumper, but he is that's going to happen. But part of this problem is also schematic. Like 
they they have to figure out a way to um, not get fooled by by set by versatility. Like what the Packers try and do to people in theory, not this game, but most games, is exactly that. Like get your heavy guys out there and pass against heavy fronts or get your light guys out there and run against light fronts. People are doing that to them now, and they have no answer for it, which is not good. Yeah, they're missing Raven Green. Yeah, Oren Burks is apparently terrible. Um, but, like, this can't keep happening because it's very easy to exploit them. <laughs> it, it, people keep doing it. It's going to happen next week. McCaffrey's, the, again, the perfect guy for this. Like, he, he can abuse you no matter what you do. It's going to be bad. They're going to score a lot of points. We t- we've, we've said many times the randomness of 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 takeaways that's not something you can necessarily replicate but do you th- do you think there is any method to them you know they for a while there they were crazy good at it they were just you know three takeaways a game and now uh-huh. now that's dried up entirely is it are you seeing more game management out of so, the opponent here's a fun stat for the week um the entire nfl this week had an interception percentage of 1.3 percent um, Aaron Rodgers is the career leader in that stat at 1.4 percent. Okay. So every NFL quarterback this week was more careful with the ball than Aaron Rodgers has uh, been over his, his career. career. Is this a trend? It is a trend. Whoa. And, um, it's been a building trend for years and years and years, and guys are definitely getting more careful in their game management. Well, they're following the Aaron Rodgers model. They I are. Imagine. I think also a lot of coaches' orders and scheming people open and not telling guys not to take risks. Um, some of these backups that you get in, though, are basically not allowed to throw interceptions. Like, don't throw it if it's going to be an interception kind of rules. And you get guys like Allen. Um, oh, and, I mean, the the rash of backup quarterbacks we've had. This is an unusual year for that. It we've is. Seen yeah, more there's a lot of non-starters playing this year. It's uh, uh, very unusual for that. Interesting. Yeah. And it's actually created an environment with fewer turnovers because they're not taking any risks. Yeah. Interesting. So, so um, that, you know... The Packers are like just like Dom when he was the defense coordinator. They're really built around that. And if you play it like, if you play a really like Philip Rivers is good. He yeah he throws throws a fair amount of interceptions every now and then. But um, they, he's been more conservative this year. And if you don't get those takeaways, they're just not that good. They they just that they rely on him so much to flip the field and turn things around. And you know um, it's not like the Packers were giving the ball away either. But the big play in the game was the blocked punt. Otherwise, there's probably no touchdowns in this game. And, like, you can't—they basically lost the turnover battle. They haven't won it in a while. <laughs> Kevin King was on a snap count this game, which we found out after the game. Yeah, we need to talk about that. He's, shocking, Kevin King is hurt. He has a groin injury. Um, he apparently did not aggravate it, which is why they had him on a snap count, which is good. But, like, if he's not playing and Alexander's not playing or Savage isn't playing, they just have a hard time taking the ball away. It's bad. Uh, I, this, I, d- I don't like Petten. This is why yeah. I want a coordinator who I knew we'd get to the Petten of it all once we uh, got into this. Well, he seems just completely outclassed strategically. And if they can't do... Like, he did not adjust to getting gashed on the ground. He can't adjust to not getting turnovers. Like, what is he bringing to the table? Because like, the personnel isn't the issue. No. Or at least it doesn't seem like it's the issue. Yeah, so they're slightly better this year than last year. Um, although I should actually... Re- they're allowing like 19 points a game on average. Um, last year, I think they were 20, 22 or 23. But they're not much better than when Dom was in his last two years. And their personnel is way better than when Dom was in his last few years. Um, I mean, Dom was starting 
Ladarius Gunter at corner for a while. That's <laughs> the, the glory days. Yeah, who is the least athletic corner to ever play in the NFL? Yeah. Um, sorry, Ladarius. Yeah. Um, good gamer, but not good. At football. Yeah. So uh, Kevin King, he's he's been taking some heat in the in the social sphere as well. I I think there was some. He's he gets dinged for being a bad tackler, and we talked about this earlier in the week a little bit about what that means because I kind of feel like when 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 you hear a cornerback is or really I guess mostly cornerbacks when they're bad tacklers, it's usually we're talking about a grand total of like nine missed tackles over the course of a season. That's that's like slightly below average, I would say. Yeah, Kevin King was trending to be worse than that. I mean, he, he, he is a legitimately bad tackler. He is. He is. I don't think that matters at all because still gross <laughs> missed tackles aren't really going to be a a big issue but b it's that is not his job if he if he is tackling it's because something went wrong so i'm not even concerned about whether or not he can keep something from being less wrong i'm concerned about whether or not he can keep somebody from the football in the first place yeah i agree with you i don't care about that uh, at least not very much and by the way he had a nice tackle in this game for <laughs> one of the brief periods he was in it like he pancaked injured the guy. kevin king knows what he's doing he does um but yeah he he's there to break up passes and intercept passes and tackling is gravy if it happens um but that, that you first of all like you also don't want him hurting himself which happens a lot if if Kevin King's not playing you get way worse like their backups are not nearly as good as yeah, he is people are down on that guy and he's not bad as a cor- as a cover corner no he's had a good year like he might not be some like super all pro but he's so much better than they've had in years and you got to keep him on there so he, he had a decent game while he was on the field. One of the reasons that they gave up yards is because he wasn't on the field enough. Like this should all scare you into n- not yelling at Kevin King for missing tackles. <laughs> oh so, yeah, that's what's this is like. Happen. It's like blaming Blake Martinez for being bad in coverage. Yeah, he is. It's also kind of a failure of your defensive design if he's in coverage on somebody. <laughs> like, don't let it happen. And yeah, sometimes it's Kevin King's own fault that he has to make a tackle, but it, not usually. It's usually play design or something like that. So. Yes, he should be better at tackling, but it's not the end of the world. It, you want your corners to be good at cover first, tackling second, and that's the order. And if they're good at cover, that's much better than anything else they could do tackling. Um, so, yeah, he's good. Keep. So it all comes back to being a little down on Mike Pettin. Not sure the special teams coach is, has inspired any anymore. <laughs> uh, we had that last week. We talked about maybe maybe that's where the problem is. It isn't the return man. We did see, I think, a better return game, even though they kept kicking it short. I agree with that, yeah. But um, uh, other than that, ooh. yeah, return game was better. Like I feel like they fixed that only to have something else go wrong. And but aren't we just so sick of Packers special teams at this point? Yeah, like, for sure. Like just just be, be better at it. So. <laughs> Just stop sucking. Punting ha- punting was so good to start the season. It, it, JK was not good last week. Um, he did not have a good average. And then, it not I mean, block's not always on the punter. Sometimes it is. But uh, I don't know what happened in the blocking. But they let a guy come right up the middle on him. And that kind of ended the game. I mean, it was not in good shape by that point. But that really did them in. It, it, uh, like, uh, having these breakdowns all the time is just bizarre. It, not every team goes through this on special teams. You know who does usually go through this on special teams? San Diego. They usually go through this on special teams. They're usually awful. Like, we're turned into them now. We have just just terrible. And that's we're moving it. to London. Yeah, so at least return game was better. But, like, it's cost us a bunch of field position and a bunch of points. And uh, well, the Packers are in a lot of one-score games this season. 
Um, I just realized, by the way, that you called them San Diego. Yeah. They are not. I, I'm, I'm sorry. They're it's always been good. three years, and it did not even dawn on me right Look, away. Like, of course, it's San Diego. If I keep calling them San Diego long enough, they will eventually end up back. <laughs> They'll there. go back there. Yeah. Uh, totally agree. I think I can't. I wonder if we asked just a hundred sports fans if the Chargers played in San Diego. I think. I think <laughs> at least forty-five of them would say, "Yeah." I think so too. Um, it, I, I hate that they're not San Diego. Like Los Angeles teams are ter- are just a t- bad idea. This has been yeah, it's really embarrassing for them. I feel terrible for them. You know this what else? Is like when the Packer when the Brewers host the Cubs at Miller Park, and it's like this every single game. Yep. Pitts- when Pittsburgh came to town, wasn't there something about them playing Pittsburgh like a third down thing that Pittsburgh does at Heinz Field? Mm-hmm. They played that over their sound speakers in Los Angeles. Yeah, they're just traitors. I what mean, a disaster. I don't know why people keep thinking this is going to work in Los Angeles. There's, It, it never has. Um, there's other things to do there. I mean, even the Dodgers, who are super good in a historically you know, important baseball team, don't draw great in Los Angeles because— I mean, they have a massive stadium. They, have, yeah. they do have a massive stadium. But, but like, there's just a lot of competition, and nobody, they've never cared about football that much there. Stop trying to make it happen. I also will always call them San Diego because— I also kind of occasionally mix up the Rams and the Chargers just because of uniform similarity. And, of course, the Rams used to play in Los Angeles, yes. too. <laughs> and that was also confusing when that happened. And, yeah. So back to our baby-faced assassin. The J.K. Scott love affair was strong for the first several weeks. Yep. Should we be falling out of love with him, or is this just a blip on the radar? It's probably just a blip on the radar. I hope so. I mean... He's, it's like his legs gonna get weaker. He just needs to start bombing again and whatever. Maybe fix a few technique issues. Uh, it, they haven't had consistent special teams issues. They're always different. So hopefully it's, it's true. It's something new every week. You got to admire the consistency yeah. um, or inconsistency. Consistency. I exactly. Guess. It's Darius Shepard. It's Mason kicking short and not covering well. It's it's all kinds of different fun things. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been tough. Also, speaking of uh, you know. J.K. Scott was certainly an MVP candidate until the last few weeks. Yeah, doesn't Sad. seem like Aaron Rodgers is even in the conversation now, and I, I think rightfully so. Yeah, You'll, I think Monday night, a lot of guys were discussed. Lamar Jackson, uh, fairly, I think, has a, kind of moved into the had a great game. Oh my gosh, is he fun to watch? Yep. He's Tyreek Hill with the football already in his hands. Yep, he that is me. fun. Reminds me of Vic, but he's good at passing. So. Yes. Oh, he's so good at passing. Yep. It was that was a joy to watch. Um, in my we just do a pick and pool in the office. I did pick the Ravens to beat the Patriots and also the Chargers to beat the Packers. And yes, I won the week. I went 13 and two. <laughs> I'm proud done. of myself. I think I went below 500 at least three times this year. So I am no genius. I got both of those wrong, but I'm okay with that. Yes. Anyway, uh, Lamar Jackson is now in the hunt. Russell Wilson, I think right now is kind of ahead by a couple lengths. Yeah, I would say he's the front runner at this point. I don't think we're going to have an MVP in Green Bay this nope, year. No, nope. no. That, that game is such a blight on on Rodgers. Like, they didn't have a good pass defense coming in. And it's like, you got to at least have like a 200-yard, two-touchdown game in that game to stay in the conversation, I think. Uh, to have a game that bad against a defense that's not right. that good, it kind of ends you. I mean, there's a lot of season left. He could end on fire and just blow up some bad defenses. But it's just so weird. We've seen him at the peak of his powers in recent weeks. Yeah. The Raiders... And Chiefs games were were so awesome. They were, and I don't know what what happened. Maybe he is hurt, but he was just missing people left and right. Aside from bad scheme, like he he was missing outs and short throws, and he was just a little too long on long throws. And receivers not helping him there either. But um, what if it's like a shoulder or something, or a you know forearm? Or something. I, I think we landed on a conspiracy theory here that has. I think it might, it might be. It might be, have some legs. 
I, yeah, it, it'll be worth watching. Um, it, dang it. Sorry, the Badger game is very close, and it's getting down to the end, and they're down by one. Um, they were winning this entire were, overtime. They were winning the whole overtime, and... Three-pointers, man. Get rid of the three-point line. <laughs> well, on this gym, there's like six three-point lines, That's true. so it's, it's really, really tough to know. Um, what do we, uh, right. we we mentioned Carolina. Uh, before we get to the questions, any other thoughts on that matchup, or we just uh, we should just move it's, on? So it's it's very similar to uh, the the Chargers. So um, if they come out and yeah, do the same that. thing, this is like learning opportunity here. Like they talked a big game about we have to learn from our mistakes here and adjust. Like Patton's got to learn how to deal with a guy like McCaffrey. Um, the offense has to not run that game plan against them, and Rodgers has to play a ton better of just accuracy-wise and making decisions. So if it if they actually come out and look drastically different, that's good. That's a good sign. It means they actually took themselves seriously, and it was a wake-up call. Um, I Especially on defense, I'm skeptical that that's going to happen, but hopefully it does. I mean, we saw after that Eagles loss, they seemed to... They seem to find a groove after that. I don't know if we saw a ton of schematic changes per se, but they they really figured it out after that. So you got to think that they're gonna, they have the ability to bounce back. We've they seen do. It. They do. Um, just I'm always skeptical until they actually see it. But yeah, I, I hear mean, you. I, oh yeah, I would. I'm. I hate Carolina. being down on Lafleur. Just it. It was such a weird, weird game plan. It would be one thing if he was running his normal stuff and he was getting stopped, and he was kind of confused by that. But ah, uh, just. Coming out with a completely new scheme and not going back to your bread and butter is weird. Yeah, I agree. So, let's take some questions. Yeah, let's take questions. I got to get the questions up here. Um, go up on the as eligible feed right here. All righty, let's start with. Oh, let's actually. Brendan Kennedy is like. Uh, did that game prove the Chargers are better than their record or the Packers are worse than theirs? And Yes. Um, the answer is yes, that the Packers are worse than theirs. Like We talked about the one-point games last time. and uh, We said there'd be regression. We didn't think it would come so quickly and yeah. swiftly, but it's there. And, and the Chargers are better than their record. Like They're really talented, and the Chargers are always better than their record. That's like their MO. Like They always have a talented team that's underachieves, and they jump up and bite you once in a while. I felt like they actually achieved last year. Last year was probably what it should have yeah, been for they were the good first time year. in a while. Um, and getting Ingram, like this wasn't his first game back, but having him back is a, a real difference maker. He's very, very good. So they are better than that. Um, let's see. I think we've seen we've seen we've seen Joey Bosa, and now yeah. now we have to see Nick Bosa in a couple of weeks. I kind of kind of a little worried. That yeah, that Forty Nineers game is very worrisome at this point. Um, so um, what is going on with sixty nine David Bakhtiari this season? That's from DRK. Does he bounce back and? He's got to be hurt, right? Yeah, like, uh, you he's just had a don't back see him just drop while, off think. like that without some 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 sort of ailment. Yeah, um, and che- cheating to get um, an extra step off the ball and causing penalties is a, always a sign of that too. So I I suspect he's hurt more than he's let on. And yeah, if he actually uh, pay attention to him after the bye, I think a week off might do that guy a lot of good. Those guys in the trenches, man, they've <laughs> just got to be absorbing injury after injury after injury. I don't know how they stay upright half the time. So. Yep. I'm sure it's something. I'm sure it's something, and uh, and I don't know. He's too good to just. He's too good to just fall off a cliff. All right. I like Ryan Ziegler's here. Name one not obvious but very dumb penalty that needs to be deleted. The fumble through the end zone is not a choice. We all know it's stupid. Well, I, like, <laughs> I actually like that, and it's not a penalty. It's a rule. So, um, <laughs> um, I my my vote on this is actually holding. Um, and even if it's not eliminated completely, Reduced. 
It needs to be reduced yards. significantly. It's a huge penalty, and it's super subjective. So it allows refs a lot of leeway towards altering games. It would also help offense a lot if more holding like activities were allowed, um, which I'm okay with, especially down in the trenches. It would also help the running game, which I like. I like the running game, and it's not as effective. So um, I vote for holding, get rid of holding, or at least significantly reduce holding to like super obvious holds only. Yeah, they could tweak it to make it, like you said, less obvious. There, there's... There's degrees of holding, yeah. and some of them are so subjective it's impossible to even know what it looks like. Some of it is like, you know, if you were to just grab a guy by by his jersey and plow him backwards, that seems wrong. Yep. But that's not typically what you see when there's holding. Yeah, and actually, I, I do not know people's problems with the fumble through the end zone um, rule as much. Like, I actually think it makes a lot of sense. It's a touchback. Like, it is... Yeah. Y- the ball is on the ground. I the, think... Well, I could say what my problem would be is right. if, you, if you drop it to the sideline you retain possession yes. if you drop it in the end zone you lose possession like why isn't it the same why is it not both why isn't it the same thing okay that fair point um and i i do think it comes down to like balls on the ground it's anybody's ball and the end zone rule is it's touchbacks if it goes out of bounds like that's yeah. the rule for punts kickoffs um free balls in general so um like, I kind of get people don't want the offense to lose it on that. Turnover seems like a big deal. But, like, also don't fumble it through the end zone. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's don't just when that. you get David Carr plays where it's close. It's just right there. Yep. It, it could have gone out of bounds, like, just a, a tick sooner. I, I don't know. It, it feels like you. Uh, it feels like the penalty is a little too harsh for uh, for when you drop a ball like he did, that uh, that if he had dropped it just an inch closer, it would have been their ball on the one-yard line, and instead it's a turnover. It feels it is, like that's harsh. It is harsh. It's very close. But just this is over. Wisconsin lost, yes, uh. 65-63. They had a look at the buzzer. It wasn't great, but uh, they did have a look, and it did not work out. Very sad. That is sad. Yeah, a little bit of... Eh, there'll good, be some growing pains for that good, Wisconsin. Good capper to the day. Um, <laughs> good capper to the day. All right. I'm trying to think of any other rules that I would eliminate... Um, some of the roster eligibility thing is a little, is, you know, eligible receivers and stuff is really convoluted. I'm sure there's a very good reasoning for it. I just, I don't understand all of it and why it is the way it That's is. That's actually a good point. Like, uh, I don't know that I care if, if like the ends are covered up on the line yeah. or anything like Blocking that. Blocking downfield tends to be a little weird to me. Yeah. Although I will say this, the college rule is different on blocking downfield and I I actually get annoyed when people are like blocking receivers out of the play and just get an easy ten yards by doing so. Sure, okay. So I I, I kind of get that one. It seems like cheating when I see it in college. I actually don't know why college teams don't abuse it more than they do. I would abuse the heck out of it <laughs> um, if it if it were me. Um, so you wouldn't eliminate the rule. You would, in I would, fact, I would, exploit one. Yeah, like the, I would I would get rid of the rule by doing what the Brewers do and abusing it to the point where the, the league changes the rule for you. <laughs> yes. Let's see. I think we'll do like one more here. I it's annoying. Okay, I got I got one more. We'll do Jonathan Deals to end here. Okay. Um, is the consistent failure on special teams over the last half decade more an indictment of bad coaches or a lack of depth on the roster? Um, oh boy. Yeah. I think we I think we say it's more the former at this point, right? Um, I would actually I think I vote more the latter. All right. Uh, the latter was depth, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I do think their depth hasn't been great for a while, and with Ted's drafting not being great for the last several years. And there's a lot of UDFA roster fodder on the back end, um, and that does impact your special teams. Those guys are not as good. It's better if you have like potential starters or good backups playing special teams than if you have, you know, guys with bad athleticism and who are 
never going to play on the actual team. That, that's that's worse. So I think it is a lot of that. Um, that said, this year, a lot of their special teams problems seem very focused on one or two players. Like Darius Shepard was the exact cause of a lot of it. And um, like J.K. Scott's pretty good. That punt block was caused by like the actual offensive line not coverage guys who are fringe guys. Like, uh, yeah, there's a few backup guys on special team snaps, but mostly that's your starting offensive line getting run through. So um, it, it a little weird this year. Probably more coaching, I guess that is, but that's also just bad personnel. Uh, weird bad personnel this year. Usually it's because of lack of depth. This is just like bad decisions on who you're staffing. What do you think, this is sort of a tangent yeah. off of this, when when they get to the 2020 draft, if this if the team is as we know it is today, what do they address? What's the, what's like the one or two things that they really need to go after? I still think they need a receiver really sure, bad. Sure, yeah, that, I do that's, too. Um, number one, and we'll see how Sternberger works out. He played in this game and didn't. That's right. Like, we saw nothing up from nothing. him. So um, first game back, that's okay. Um, but it'd be nice to see him do something because they need that as well. Um, that's one of the problems with this team is it's hard to actually pick out really gaping holes. Like that's one of the reasons the defense is so disappointing. Like they they seem pretty good. Um, they have good front seven except for Martinez. Um, they have good pass rushers. Kenny Clark's good. Jr. seems pretty good. Jr. Yeah, Jr. That's me. It's you. You seem good. Yes. Um, <laughs> Kevin King seems pretty good. Savage seems pretty good. Adrian Amos seems pretty good. Like why aren't they better? Where, what do you address there? Um, you draft an inside linebacker that usually doesn't matter very much. Yeah, I don't think they're ever going to draft another inside linebacker. I, I, I think we're done with would that. Would bet against it. I think that's just what the, where the Packers are. <clears throat> so, like, I guess I'd go receiver first. It's always good to have depth on the offensive line and in the secondary. But I would go receiver maybe first, second, third. Um, yeah, right now, I, yeah, right now I feel like they are boxed into needing a receiver, mm-hmm. and that's an unusual spot for the Packers it to is. have such a clear-cut need. And uh, but I think that's where they're going to have to go, yep. especially if they want to maximize Aaron Rodgers' final, yeah. you know, three years, four years. They should also draft a quarterback soon. Oh yeah, they will, or they'll trade for Gunner Gunner Minshew the, the third or whatever. <laughs> I, I like Gardner. I Gardner. I said Gunner, but Gardner. He yeah. looks like a Gunner though. He does. That guy's got. Uh, he's starting to look like so. He and uh, excuse me, he and uh, Baker. They're starting to look a little bit alike. Yeah, they are. They're kind of turning into each other. Except one has had a much better than anticipated season because a no one had heard of him before yep. now, and the other is is having a he's looking a little rough, looking a little haggard. Yep. He's coming down to the level of Gardner Minshew. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's tough. Oh, that's All so right, bad. Well, let's 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 wrap this one up. We've had enough misspeaking and technical issues to. Yes, uh, you're gonna edit all that out. Yeah, all actually, I, <laughs> it's already gone. It's gone. It's gone already. So, all right. Um, anything to plug at the the journal? No. Uh, well, I always say no, but I always have something. Yeah, I? you do. It's Buck season, and uh, so I I do a weekly podcast with Matt Velasquez. Eleven episode dropping Wednesday morning, looking at the Bucks' recent uh, run of success. They're going to Los Angeles to face the Clippers. That would normally be a pretty big showdown, except that we now know Kawhi Leonard's not going to play. He's going to rest. Uh, Paul George is still out. He'll uh, be out that's for a, a little while longer. Yeah, so the Bucks really should win that game. I mean, Clippers are still a good team without yeah. those guys, but um, Bucks in the midst of a pretty, uh, pretty intriguing road trip. So, Bucks podcast every week comes at you Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday with uh, with Maddie V. Got a Brewers podcast coming up soon with Tom Hodricourt, looking at these moves that the Brewers made this week. They uh, they also know that. Uh, 
that both Craig Council and Christian Yelich are one of the three finalists for the big National League Awards. So I'll have a story looking at all the top three finalists in Brewers history, or I shouldn't say finalists, but top three finishers in Brewers history for for the four major awards, that being MVP, Cy Young, Rookie of the Year. And uh, manager of the year, some some interesting names on there. Some names that I don't think people would expect. So some uh, of them are wrong. So that's why. I yes, some of them are wrong. Like you know, Craig Council not being number one. Yes, <laughs> last he should year. be number one. Uh, but yeah, there's there's like some the, interesting like ones. Like the Cardinal manager being on there. Uh yes, uh, definitely. Bill Parsons was Rookie of the Year, uh, runner up in 1971. Oh really? Yeah, he's a he was okay. a pitcher. Very short lived career. He really only made it another year and a half after that. But he was he was really he was fine. He was good in 1971. Chris Chambliss, I believe, is the guy who won that from the Yankees. So right. I, I had a good time looking back at that. I think there's going to be some surprising names in there. Yeah. And then uh, we're coming up on the 20th anniversary of Ron Dane's uh, record-breaking run against Iowa to set the uh, NCAA rushing record, a record that he should still possess, but because the NCAA is, has got some dolts <laughs> running it, uh, <laughs> that is not the case. But, yeah, they're uh, bad. They're dumb. But they make bad decisions. Let's put it this way: no one in college football history has run for more yards than Ron Dane. There you go. That is still the fa- still a fact. Still a fact. Still true. So uh, look back on that a little bit. That'll be coming up a little bit closer to the Iowa game on Saturday. Nice, Andy Schaff. <laughs> we did not mention Andy. Now we have. Um, so uh, my Shepherd Express column is up right now, recapping last game. I, I if I have time and I should this week, I'm going to actually figure out why they ran so much shotgun and write an article about it. Um, because there has to be a reason buried somewhere, and uh, until I figure it out, I'm going to go crazy. So I'm either going to figure it out or make fun of it, um, because there's no other rational explanation that can happen. And until then, my brain's just not going to work anymore. So, um, yeah, it's and been a rough day. It's been it's been a rough. It's day. been a rough day. <laughs> the Packer game did not help with the rough day. No, and not, nor did this. Badger nor did the Badger game. game. So troubling week of sports so ba- far. Badgers have not had a good go here. By the way, neither did cutting Eric Thames. Um, or, or Chase Anderson. Or Chase Anderson, a trading. Chase which Anderson. they essentially cut him. Yeah, they traded him for a Spangenberg, which I mean, you can buy those. <laughs> you can buy those at Walmart. So, um, all right. Uh, well, anyway, thank you all for listening. We'll have the mini pod up in a little while here, and uh, we will talk to you guys next week. Hopefully, it will not be a repeat of this week. That would be a sad, sad podcast. Oh yeah. And Matab will be back. And Matab will be back. Where you going? What you looking for? You know.